friends. Thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled because I'm also a lifestyle photographer and now your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Local Table Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. This week, we have a guest with us, and her name is Rachel Latham. Rachel is a business coach working with successful yet stuck female online business owners. She shares her tools and techniques in one-on-one sessions to help her clients achieve business growth while leading more fulfilling lives. Having had a very successful 13-year career and senior position in the produce industry, Rachel has experience in growing business and managing operational success. Rachel helps clients build a positive mindset for success, gaining clarity in their direction and purpose in their business. She writes regularly to her network on the power of self-care in supporting day-to-day life and has launched the Self-Care Survival Kit Deck of Cards to help bring self-care to the masses. I hope you enjoy today's episode as Rachel shares about her coaching techniques and gives tips and tools that you can use for yourself to really set yourself up for success both personally and professionally and talks a lot about mindfulness and a lot of self-care, which is something we all definitely need. I hope you enjoy today's episode and without further ado, let's dive in. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Local Table Podcast, everybody. Today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Rachel Latham. And um, Rachel, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. So I am based in the UK and I'm a business coach for female online business owners and also um, corporate teams. And I'm all about positive mindset, uh, self-care strategies, and kind of bringing mindfulness and wellness into the business and corporate world as well. So I've been a coach for um, just up to two years now, and I'm kind of still learning, still building my kind of toolkit, uh, but I'm really enjoying sharing my kind of success strategies with my clients. Yeah, I love that. And so how did you get into business coaching? Well, I've always been quite entrepreneurial. Um, So I've literally just kind of stepped out of my corporate career after 13 years. And I've always kind of done something kind of on the side of that. I'm kind of the queen of the side hustle is my kind of tagline. (laughs) Not that, you know, corporate life wasn't busy enough. It was a very full-on job um, in a very high-pressured industry. But I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to, uh, I joined a network marketing company, which Turned out not really to be my kind of thing. But what I really, really loved was the personal development side of things. And I actually really liked training the teams. So I would be like, I was the lowest level, but I really enjoyed doing the training for everyone in the whole group. Yeah. So um, it just really got me interested in personal development. And over time, I kind of 
did more research and did more reading. And then I must have been following someone on Instagram who emailed me and basically said the subject line was, so you want to be a coach? And I was on holiday. I opened this email and I literally said out loud, like, yes, that is what (laughs) I want to do. And it was one of those holidays where, I mean, most people probably do this when they're on holiday. They think about their lives. They think about what they're going back to. What would they change? But it was one of those like pinnacle moments for me. And then by the end of the day, I so I was kind of newly married. I think it was our one year wedding anniversary actually while we're away. And I've always in my in my corporate world used my maiden name. And then to build up kind of something else, I was using my married name. So by the end mm. of the day, I'd like registered a domain name with my married name. And now I use that for coaching. And kind of that was it. Um, and then I found kind of the right kind of course that I wanted to go on to, to be accredited. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So did you feel like there was something in your corporate life that you were just like not feeling fulfilled or it was just sort of like those experiences you had in your corporate life that you really enjoyed the coaching Well, this aspect. is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing. So many people are like, well, you know, because I did so many different things. So I ran an online fashion and lifestyle magazine that turned into kind of a brand strategy consultancy. Um, and I actually, by that point, had already gone part-time in my, in my day job so that I could have space to do something creative. Because mm. I said to them, I'd been there for about 10 years at that point. And I said, look, either I go and I quit and that's it. And I do something else. Or you let me go part-time, you get to keep me and I get to do this creative thing. So I was already kind of on that pathway. But I've always loved my day job. It wasn't that I hated it and I wanted a, you know, a way out. It was that um, I kind of wanted to just build my own thing. And so um, a lot of my corporate experience I bring into coaching, but not in a kind of mentor way, but more helping me ask the powerful questions to my clients to help them sort of get the answers themselves. So it was kind of something that uh, was like brewing and I was using my skills from, but it was never sort of, oh, I just need to get out of the corporate world. I actually really love that job, but I feel like I've kind of done my time on it now. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like you were talking about like the side hustle. I feel like that's every like entrepreneur's thing when they're first starting, right? They're either like in a corporate job and um, have that side hustle going. So that's Mm -hmm. really great that you could go down to part-time and really work on that on the side. Mm. Um, I definitely recommend that as a kind of don't just jump, jump all in to ditching a day job. Even if you really hate it, have like three months backup salary that if you want to jump all into um, your kind of, uh, they call it like jumping. But if you want to jump fully, then like be prepared, have a plan. Don't just do it without a strategy. Right. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about that. We were saying, I was actually interviewing someone else on a podcast and um, we were talking about, you know, I think a lot of misconception with entrepreneurs too, is people just sort of dive into it and they like are successful right from the start. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure as a coach, you often tell people to really have like that plan in place. Like even if you're hating your job, you know, have that financial security. I mean, you do hear stories of some people who just like quit and didn't have a plan, but I think (laughs) it's always important to really like know what you want and have like that business plan in place too. Yeah, definitely. Perseverance. Yeah, for sure. So share a little bit more about um, your coaching style and how you work with clients. I know you mentioned a little bit about like mindset um, and Mm. mindfulness, which I think is... Mm -hmm 
something really big for entrepreneurs now. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you work with mm, your clients. Sure. Well, I use, um, I work with a model called the create model and basically you take the letters of create. So the CR is current reality. So I delve into like, where are you now? Because you need to understand, it can't just be, this is where I want to go. This is my vision. This is the plan. Let's get cracking. We really need to kind of identify first of all, like where people are now, how satisfied they are in different areas of their life so that we can then really pinpoint, okay, what's the big actions to take? Then the EA of create is explore alternatives. So not everyone knows what that thing is that they want to create or what the new job is that they want to do or new career path. So really sit down and brainstorm all the possible alternatives. And what I'm doing within that is kind of trying to help people understand, and this sounds a bit woo-woo, but there is more sort of logic to it, but what does your perfect day like look like? What does your perfect week look like? What are you doing? Where are you? Um, what activities are you doing? But most importantly, how do you feel? That's really, really key. How do you feel in that moment? And then we're trying to work out how can you come from your current reality to some of those areas? And then once we work out like what is the game plan, what's the big vision from those alternatives, then the TE of create is target energy. And that's why I really try and get people to raise their energy levels and focus on, like I said, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Because if you are having a really bad week and you're an entrepreneur and you've set yourself all these goals, but you're having a bad week, you need to have something to kind of pull yourself back up out of the doldrums and be like, this is why I'm sticking to this. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I need to persevere. And it's remembering that feeling of what you want to, to have achieved. So say like in five years time, what does that look like for you and how does that feel? What's the energy coming out of it? And then we try and sort of work our way backwards and be like, well, what do you need to do now to get to that, that stage? Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of that model before. Do you, <laughs> do you feel like there, I guess for me, it, like, could you use that model um, more simplified too for people to kind of do like a quick deep dive of like, okay, where they're at, where they want to go? Or is that process more a long-term thing that obviously that you're working with clients? Like, Yeah, normally it's two sessions in each section. So like six okay. sessions and that can be over the state of kind of like three months. You can do some of it in quite a quick deep dive you know, session. I've done like one day workshops as well. But what I think is quite important is that you need to have some time and space to kind of almost sit with the work that you're doing. So where are you now? Try and like rate your sort of life out of of 10 in different areas. Like what's the score out of 10? How satisfied are you? But you do kind of need to sit with that. You need to go away, mull it over. And particularly then when we come to the exploring alternatives and all the possible ideas of where you want to go in life, you need time to kind of process that and think about things. And then all of a sudden when you're in the shower, you'll get like a new idea. Exactly. And so, yes, you can do that in a day, but I feel like it's a work in progress. So even when I work with my corporate clients, I have like a three week uh, gap in between sessions, mm. a, because they're busy and you know, they've got a day job to do, but also just to allow them to process things, sit with things, understand some of the tools and techniques that I share with them, put them in place. And then like, that's where you get more of a shift, I think, because you've allowed yourself some, some element of that. And then the mindfulness part comes in because I want people to focus, although we're doing a lot of work on what does the future look like by helping them be more in the present moment. They, and in a really non-judgmental way, 
then they can kind of stick to meeting the goals, doing the actions. Because there's a lot of work that needs to be done for people to achieve their goals. Right. You can't be all about the big picture. You do have to be focusing in on the present moment at the same time. Yeah. I think that time period in between is so important because I think as entrepreneurs, oftentimes we feel a certain way one day and then the next day we feel a totally different way. So it's it's so important to kind of sit with how you're really mm. feeling and I think, you know, evaluating your life and what you really do enjoy, what you don't. Because I think sometimes when you're just having a bad day, like outside circumstances can definitely affect how you're like feeling in your work. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that's not always like the, how I feel all the time about it. So I feel like that's so good to just kind of sit with it. Cause I think a lot of us now are very much like instant gratification. So we want to like figure out what our goals are and (laughs) what we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it really is kind of like, what's the long-term game plan. Um, and that's where, and like you said, like emotion and particularly like the situation we're in at the moment in many different countries where people are, you know, stuck at home and that's not their normal go-to kind of pattern. Like we're in a different space at the moment. And so trying to like either jump into things too quickly or not have spent enough time really processing how you want to do things, that can be where it, it all starts to unravel a bit. Mm-hmm. So how, I guess right now, I guess that's a good segue of in this time of a lot of us staying at home because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's also impacting people and kind of reevaluating certain things of like what they are doing mm. for work and, you know, what's important in life. So how do you feel like you're kind of managing like the realities of the current situation and like the realities of like life moving forward, I guess. And kind of, yeah, if that makes sense, yeah. putting those no, it does completely. So I've just, we've just come out of um, a five day vision board challenge that I've done with um, a group of people. And one of the things I talk about is like how, sat- like I've said, how satisfied are you right now? And I kind of said to them, look, you, you need to obviously put into position where you are right now with the pandemic, but also just generally in life, how are things going? Because, you know, health for some people is like a, a, an all-time low because they're not going to their normal exercise classes or they're eating loads of food because they're stuck right. at home. <laughs> or some people, the health is the other way around, which is amazing. But I think there's certain aspects of life that have been affected by the pandemic. And so I, that's why, again, it take, it's good to have a little bit more time to really think about how are things right now? Where do you want to be going? Because I think it has, you know, it's, it's altering our perception of it. But now is a, a really good kind of transitional time. There's a lot of people that have been furloughed. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, being made redundant. And there's a lot of people who have realized, you know, they don't want to be doing a two-hour commute anymore. Right. Um, what's the alternative? How how can life work? And for a lot of people as well, their, their companies have realized they don't actually have to have everyone in an office. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, office interaction is great, but I think the way of working is going to change a lot because it's been proven that actually it is possible to do things in a different way. So I feel like we're in a real transitional stage right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, and what would you kind of say to people who feel sort of stuck in this uncertainty of the pandemic of 
Because I know sometimes I feel like I can't really make a decision because the future feels a little unknown. But what would you say for someone kind of reevaluating like what they really want, even knowing that the future does feel a little uncertain? Yeah, I think that's where it comes to having time to focus on the present moment and to be able to focus on, you know, boosting your self-care and boosting your mindfulness because there will be these moments of uncertainty. And yeah, we can't necessarily plan ahead, but I feel like it's keeping us kind of sane by planning ahead a bit because that's our Mm. natural, normal instinct. And so it's nice to have these plans, but we need to be able to kind of sit with them and be like, you know, I am okay with the fact that either this might not happen or it might happen in a different way. But I think we're all kind of intrinsically natural planners and we want to be able to have something to look, you know, we like to have something to look forward to and something in the calendar. So put it out there. Maybe, you know, if it's like booking a big trip, then obviously you're not going to necessarily spend the money on it, but you could save up the money so that it's there if you can then go. Yeah. Or, you know, there's fun in the planning element of it. And even if it doesn't happen this year, it could happen next year or the year after. So I feel like we need to keep working on these things Mm-hmm. Because if we lived in the land of just in case or definitely living in the land of, oh, I really shouldn't, you know, do anything, we're really going to be stuck in kind of a funny space, which is not going to help our mental health at all. Yeah, that's so. That's such a good um, suggestion and advice for people. I feel like something I've been doing during this time is looking at just houses that I would, places I'd <laughs> love to live because it, it feels nice to like plan for that, even though I know it's not in like the immediate year mm-hmm. or so. I know like that's a long-term goal, right? So it's kind of like looking, it, it, it brings this like weird calming presence to me. Yeah, I feel like yeah you know, that is a long-term goal. And so it feels good to sort of plan and kind of look at things and have that space. Yeah, because you can feel like you're you're working towards something and you're still achieving it. And like, you know, step by step, you can, you know, be working to, to have that. Like even today, me and my husband were like, right, we keep saying, oh, when this is over, we're going to do this. And when we're going to do that, and we're going to go and visit this place. And I'm like, we need to actually have a list. So I'm going to put a list yeah. up in, on the kitchen like on one of the cupboards in the kitchen, just stick a piece of paper and be like, this is our after the pandemic list. Yeah. And some of it might, you know, be able to do earlier. Some of it might be later, but like at least we've still got it there and we can remember what we want to do. And it keeps keeps us kind of focused on the fact that at some point, life will become a bit better and it'll right. be okay. And those things will be possible. Yeah. yeah. I, a couple, I, I think like a month or two ago, I was listening to a podcast and she was talking about making a joy list and it feels sort of similar to the list you were talking about, but she was like, list anything that brings you joy, even if it's something you can't do right now. Cause mm-hmm. in making that list, I found a lot of things that, Oh, I can actually do that right now. Or, you know, things I was like, okay, I can't do that right now, but it's something to plan for and mm-hmm. look forward to, which I felt like it was just really helpful to to recognize um, the joys that can still happen, even yeah. though we feel really stuck in this like you know anxiety or stressed out state of mm. mind. Um, and I just thought creating that list is such a a good thing to like look forward to or find what you can yeah, do right now. Definitely, and I can't remember the stats, but there's something like the enjoyment that you get from going on vacation. I think it's something crazy, like 60% of that comes from the planning part and only maybe 
30% is when you're there and then 10% is when you've come home and you can tell everyone about it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like if if that's how our bodies and brains function, actually you get more out of it. A bit like, you know, looking for new houses. Yeah. There is an, an excitement level and it's good, I think, for us to to be doing these things, even if they're not going to happen right now, because it gets us out of this funk in our mind. Like it gets mm-hmm. us out of this stuck place and just gives us hope and faith that something is going to happen and yeah. that we can do these things. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of, I know you mentioned a little bit about mindfulness. What are some tactics that you use with your clients to, and you can kind of touch on base on both, but for clients to grow personally and professionally, like what are some self-care things or um, mindfulness practices that you use mm-hmm. with your clients? So on kind of a personal level, which impacts, you know, them and them in their business world anyway, I have a kind of tool um, where I share a weekly well-being checklist with them. And I kind of try to get them to implement this. And this is all about the concept of when life works. So this checklist is like a is a daily thing to tick off for each week. These are the things that you need to do. I call them the non-negotiables mm-hmm. in order to feel like you're living your best life and that you are in a really good place and your energy's up. And, you know, you feel like you can do anything and you can succeed in anything because you need to have that high level of energy, high level of motivation and health and well-being in order to achieve your goals. So we sit down and we talk about like what are these non-negotiables? So it might be that you need like eight hours sleep a night. Um, It might be that you need to make sure you drink like two liters of water, have exercise. I don't know, drink a green smoothie, whatever these things are. But it's, I use this technique because we, again, like how we, we're intrinsically want to be planners. A lot of us really enjoy ticking something off and mm-hmm. feeling like we've achieved it. <laughs> yep. I, I used so, to like write everything down and cross it off, which felt amazing. But now I have like a one online and it makes a little yeah. ding sound when I check it off, which feels really <laughs> gratifying. <laughs> See, it's just, it's just, I don't know why, but it is something that yeah. we all love. So you, you have a, t- a tick list. And the other reason for this is to be able to like see that for the last three days, you've kept that habit up because it takes, if these are new habits for people, it takes a long time to establish them, like at least 30 days to build a good habit. So you need to be able to see that you're working towards that. And then also if you've had a bit of a bad day or you haven't done something you wanted to do, you can understand from that list, oh, do you know, it's probably, I feel exhausted because I've not had enough sleep. I haven't drunk enough water today and it's really hot outside. I've eaten really badly. So I sit down and I work out with people like what are their non-negotiables so that they can feel the best version of themselves and then perform the best version of themselves. That's a really key one that I do in business teams and on one-to-one because I think it helps everybody. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I work on is gratitude journaling. So that's a big thing that I feel has a good result is and it's a bit like what you talked about with the kind of joy list is every day sitting down and looking and thinking about three things that you're happy and grateful for that day and the key thing with this is not just oh I'm happy and grateful the sun shone like summer right. shone <laughs> there needs to be a because or a why so why because you need to have an emotional link to why is that such a good thing and so, you know, it might be, I'm really happy and grateful the sun was shining today because my bed sheets could dry in the sunshine, you know, something yeah. like that, something really silly. But the more that you practice that, the more you're putting out there the gratitude and the more will come back to you 
that you will be in a better place and in a better mood. So I have one client who she um, she always tells me the story of one Christmas. She's having quite a bad year and she's like, you know, I'm not going to get a Christmas tree because what's the point? You know, life is pretty low for her. And um, I said, right, come on, you really got to stick with your gratitude journaling. She wasn't doing it daily. And I said, right, for this week, please do it every single day. And um, after about two days, she's like, she phoned me. She's like, a tiny little Christmas tree has been left outside my apartment door by my neighbor because he saw it and he was like, you need something. And she just was so blown away by it. And I was like, right, write that in your gratitude journal. And I said, because you're spending more time focusing on these things, you're now noticing other things that are happening. So there was lots of peculiar things that happened that week, actually. And it was kind of just showing her this works, this boosts your mindset and it brings more to you, you know, to celebrate in life. So that's a big one um, for me. I feel like in with a gratitude journal, I, I started doing it and then I often forget to do it in the morning. But I feel like that's such a good story because I think there's a lot of things that happen throughout our days that we sort of just bypass and it doesn't register as something mm. that we're thankful for. Mm. But when you really sit down and and think about it, like that tree, if she wasn't really being cognizant of things she was grateful for, I think she could have been like, oh, that was nice. And then like moved on with her day. Mm. But when you have that mindfulness, I, I do think you recognize more things throughout your day that you're, you're grateful for or seem very important to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it depends. So some people like doing it in the morning. I do it in the morning. Some people like doing it at night. They have it like a journal next to their bed before they go to bed. Like what have been the three good things that have happened? I know one couple who will sit in bed and they'll be like, so what was the best thing about your day? What was the Mm. worst thing? What was the thing that kind of like really rocks your world today? So just, I think it's about, you don't have to write it down even. It's just processing it. It's sitting there and thinking about it, but also the why, like I said. And then some people have said, how can you do this every day? Like, how can you have something to be grateful for? And I said, it's not, it doesn't have to be something huge. It could be that you're grateful. Like for me with a a five month old baby, I'm grateful Mm -hmm. that my coffee that I made in the morning is still hot when I drink it. (laughs) Something silly like that, but that to me is important. I love my coffee. So, you know, there's tiny things that you can pick out of your day and it could be in a week, maybe a couple of things are the same, but it maybe is the why and the because that is different for you. So it's the more you do it, the easier it becomes as well. Yeah. And do you recommend for people to have like a certain amount of things that they're writing about or talking about each day or if it, or can it just be like one thing that you are grateful for, for the day? Or what, is there something that you've found that works better? Like really spending more time coming up with a longer list or... Being short I think three, I've, I've always said three and I think that's because it is kind of manageable you could just go with one thing and it could be almost mm-hmm. like a hot you know hot topic each day what is the one thing that I'm grateful for but um I think having too long a list is where it just becomes a list and it's not the reasons why and the and the behind you know the behind the scenes energy of it so I think it can be you know up to you it could be one thing it could be three it could be five but it's about concentrating your time and energy so maybe it's more like just give yourself five minutes to do this exercise and see how much you come up with Um, it depends sort of whether you are number orientated or time orientated or some people do it as like a spider diagram and like in Mm. pictures really depends it's completely up to the individual 
Yeah, for sure. So I know when we were talking um, prior to coming onto the podcast, mm-hmm. you had mentioned um, target energy, and I'd love for you to dive a little bit more into that. You were kind of talking about mindfulness, and I believe you said like how you're using target energy with your clients. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's the TE part of the Create model. Okay, and it's really, it's trying to keep people's momentum and remember why they've set goals and. It's, it's usually the sort of why. Why do you want to run your own business? Why do you want to go for this career change? Really thinking about what impact will that have on your life if you get the results that you want to achieve? What does it mean for you? And not necessarily what does it mean for you kind of financially or in a material sense, but also like your family setup, your emotions, your health, your well-being. Mm-hmm. So it's really trying to focus on, first of all, putting the right energy towards a goal. So being in the right space of mind and being really positive about achieving mm-hmm. it rather than feeling like maybe, oh, I, I can't do that. So we talk, I try and work out with my clients, like what's holding them back? What are their limiting beliefs? Mm-hmm. And I try and switch them over to what I call supporting beliefs to keep them focus. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to run my own business because I'm not very good with money. Well, why are you not very good with money? What's the story you're telling yourself about this? What's the the history? I'm not very good at doing accounts. Okay, well, can you actually get someone else to support you in this? So we try and switch it around and try and really get rid of all the negative energy, really raise the positive energy. What do you want to be achieving? How's it going to feel when you get there? And then what do you need to put in place to support you to achieve those goals? Yeah. And I think that's so key sometimes for people just, I'm sure what you do with your clients all the time is just continually continuing to ask why. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's such a, such a simple question, but it's like, you're just diving deeper into, oh, well, I guess I don't really know how to do that. And, you know, you come to, sometimes I feel like a simple conclusion, but when we're trying to figure it out on our own, the problem just mm. feels so overwhelming, but we sometimes just need people to continue asking us why after each statement <laughs> almost, you know, it's like getting to the bottom of that. It's like, oh, I could actually hire that out. That's not something that's mm holding me back from starting the business. You know, maybe there's something else holding back. So I really love that. Yeah. Why can be quite an emotional question. So sometimes it's turning those questions around and being like, well, what do you think you can do to shift that perspective? Or how does it make you feel when you think about, you know, launching your own brand? So it's trying to, why can be um, quite like a defensive question for people to answer it's a bit like well why why have you chosen to do it that way rather than well how do you think you could have done that differently Mm. so I try and ask powerful questions in a way that's not kind of shutting doors and not shutting almost like people's minds down and, and they need to be more open and think things through in a more positive sort of frame of mind Yeah. It kind of helps them to be seen a little bit more in that Mm. aspect. Yeah, for sure. So um, what would you say, how long do you typically work with your clients? So usually it's, um, we have like two hour sessions and I I usually um, have six sessions over three months. So like I said, I like to space things out so that there's that time to process, time to think. But some clients, um, I work with them on kind of like a real quick 
one day session once okay. a year. Like it's a real big, let's plan the year out. Let's get on with it. Big, powerful kind of, um, call it cultivate your magnificence session. Mm. Other people, um, it can be, um, to, to hit a specific goal. So maybe it's going for a promotion. Uh, maybe it's achieving like a launch with a product. And then there's other clients where I call it coaching over coffee. So it's literally a two hour session. We do it once a month. I get them to commit to three sessions just because otherwise they don't necessarily achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Right. But it's less formal. There's less of a formal program to it than um, my normal coaching. So it's kind of like we literally have a coffee in real life or now it's over Zoom yeah. <laughs> and uh, we bring our own beverage and it's a bit more relaxed. So there's different styles of, of coaching depending on what the client needs to achieve. Yeah, for sure. And so what would you say for entrepreneurs right now who are kind of feeling stuck? Do you have like some quick tips that people can really... I know we talked a little bit about like gratitude and things like that, but from, I guess, a larger perspective too, what would you kind of say to entrepreneurs who feel stuck or maybe they're debating getting a coach, but they're not sure like where to start or what kind of coach to get? What would be some tips that you would want to give listeners? I think one of the things, and this is this is something that I do usually in a corporate space, but also one-to-one, is it's a thing called your personal boardroom. So it's thinking about who do you need around you to be able to either give you that bit of a shift in momentum or help you achieve a specific goal. Or say, for example, it's someone that write, wants to write their own book and they've just got no idea where to start um, or they think, well, I can't do this part or I need someone to help me with this. Actually, we have like really powerful networks that probably now people are tapping into more because there's less face-to-face interaction. So Mm -hmm. people are having a lot more kind of Zoom calls and things like that with a whole range of people. So the personal boardroom idea is that you sit down and there's 12 different types of role within this boardroom. And it's really, if you were to have your own boardroom, big round table, Mm -hmm. who do you want sitting around it? who's going to support you with that goal. And it might be that, you know, you know, maybe six people in the, in the roles that are there, but there's people like there's the nerve giver. So that's the person who will always have your back and be like, come on, you can do this. I'm supporting you. And maybe in a tricky situation where you're not quite sure if you can do it, they'll give you the confidence. Yeah. Um, you've got someone like the challenger who will like pose difficult questions and probably someone like me, your coach, who is trying to challenge you, but in a positive way. And so there's these 12 different roles and it's trying to identify 12 different people around you in your network, not necessarily like in your first level network. Mm-hmm. It might be somebody that you know through someone else. It might be someone that you used to work with 10 years ago that you may be still in contact with. Really trying to think outside the box of who can support you to achieve your goals. Because as well as it being about time and money, you need to have the kind of right support around you. So if you're feeling a bit stuck, try and reach out to people and think about who can support you with whatever you want to be doing. I think that's quite a a key one. Yeah, that sounds like a fun little visual activity for me to to do (laughs) later and just really lay that out. Because I think a lot of times we forget to utilize our network and um, a lot of us are afraid to ask, you know, that friend who maybe knows someone who knows someone, you know, I think sometimes we meet someone once and we, we, we get afraid to reach out to them and just ask like, Hey, can you introduce me to that person? Um, And really just 
put yourself out there. Like the worst that can happen is, you know, they say no. And so I think a lot of times we miss opportunities when we Mm. ask for a simple favor or an introduction like that. Yeah. 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 So that's really... So I also work with them to understand like, what exactly do you need in this situation? And then how can you word you know, an email to someone or a LinkedIn request that, you know, how can you try and get the result that you want? So that's one. Gosh, what else? So I think for entrepreneurs that are feeling a little bit stuck, it is that kind of taking that time, maybe saying, right, I'm going to have one day and I'm really going to sit down and I'm just literally going to have a huge piece of paper and brainstorm all the ideas are in my head and then try and start to work on a logical flow of either what do you need to do first to achieve certain goals or actually what's a really nice thing that you'd love to do, but actually you're going to put that on level, you know, level three. Mm-hmm. And that's like, if you achieve other goals, then you'll start working on that. Because I always have these different ideas of like yep. workbooks and eBooks and mindfulness courses and all these things. You can't do everything at once. So that's where I kind of come in as a coach is to sit down and go, okay, these are all your ideas. These are the actions and that's your big vision. But what's the kind of root map? to get there what's the route map to success so I help people kind of work out those milestones and at some point what's going to happen is you've got to step out of your comfort zone so there might be a certain number of tasks that you do where you're like yeah I can do this it's all fine and then all of a sudden you'll get to something and you'll go actually I'm starting to feel a bit nervous about this or I don't think I can do it and I help people step through that kind of comfort zone barrier Mm. start start moving into that kind of learning and growth zone so that they can achieve those goals and I'm kind of there to help navigate people on that journey yeah is there any I don't know if there's like a quick tip like for people to really decide like what should be in like the level one versus level three (laughs) (laughs) I mean because sometimes I think we we get really excited about an idea right but then I guess are there certain like questions you can ask that really helps you determine where to put that I know that's probably yeah. a longer, <laughs> a longer <laughs> no, process. I think, I think first of all, what I always go with is what is your gut instinct? So it's a bit like sitting down and being like, if you eat a food and you go, I really don't like that, or I really do like that. It's literally almost like that. Sit with the idea of whatever it is. I'm going to launch my own podcast. How does, and it's like, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Sit and have some deep breaths. And if you're feeling excited about it, then that needs to go in the like, okay, that's a maybe, you know, next step. If you're starting to feel really tense and really stressed about it, maybe it's not the right thing. But I will say that there's a kind of, there is a bit of a blur that the feeling of excitement and the feeling of stress are very similar. Hmm. And sometimes you will have a bit of fear, but actually that's because you're starting to step out of your comfort zone. But if you really get completely anxious about something, then maybe that's not something to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. The other thing is really some quick things on how much time is that going to take you? What resources do you need? Like financially, like I talked about people and support and then mapping out what can you do when, and also does something affect something else? So is launching a podcast linked to having done a podcast course first, you know, those kind of things so that you can try and have some logical steps to it. Yeah. Man, I feel like there's so many great tangible things people can do, <laughs> creating lists of, you know, routines for the week. I love how you were talking earlier about the non-negotiables because I think mm. 
a lot of us have them, but we oft like we say they're non-negotiables and I know I do this often and but like they easily get pushed to the side because it doesn't feel as important as like getting something done in the business, mm-hmm. you know, like working out or having my coffee before I dive into emails in the morning, you know? So I feel like actually writing them down and kind of doing what's best for you to remember that that's a non-negotiable for you and really implementing that. Because a lot of this actually influences how you're feeling in like what I say, your mind, body, and soul. It's about your energy levels. So I always say that um, probably right now, I'm going to guess before I look at my phone, but basically I probably know how much battery level my phone has got. So I'm going to say 60%, 53, so that's not bad. Yeah. But by the end of the day, have you really thought about your own energy levels? And Mm. if you get to the end of the day, and I've done this quite a few times recently where I'm just feeling really exhausted, and then I think back and I go, well, do you know what? You didn't really have much for lunch, and you've not drunk very much water today. Like, I know my non-negotiables are having enough water, having a healthy lunch, like feeling nourished. Yeah. And so – usually it's when it's a bit too late that we realize we need to do these things. And there, by having that non-negotiables list, you can keep yourself in check mm-hmm. and you can keep your self-care up because quite often we kind of forget to do all the stuff that keeps us running over. We, we plug in our phones whenever they need charging, but we don't really yep. plug ourselves in. So yeah. it's making sure that we're giving ourselves time and space to do those things. Yeah, that's so important. And I think, you know, like, as I was saying, I think as entrepreneurs, we often just forget to take care of ourselves because we're trying to serve our clients and, you know, make sure the business is successful. But something that I've definitely learned during quarantine is, you know, being able to slow down and really, you know, my business is only as healthy as I am because I'm the one running the show and, um, you know, my employees and stuff like that. So it's like, you really learn once things are starting to be affected in your business that you like, you really have to take care of yourself because Mm. you know, that is the key factor for that. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I feel like there was a lot of great (laughs) tangible things for people to start working on, you know, during this time and kind of for personal growth and Mm. business growth as well. So I really appreciate all your tips and my um, pleasure. I, I could probably talk you. for days about all yeah. these things. I, just I love it. this really kind of fascinating. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So tell us a little bit more about how people can find you if they want to work with you. Um, and do you have any sort of like free guides people can check out or download? Um, but yeah, tell us how people yeah. can find you. So I'm on Instagram at Rachel Lethem, L-E-T-H-A-M, and rachellethem.com. I'm sure you'll put all of that in the show notes anyway. If you go through my Instagram and click on my bio um, and the link, then you can sign up to my self-care survival kit, which is a twice a month uh, newsletter all about bringing some new self-care strategies into your life, like really easy to implement things. And if you sign up for my mindfulness memo, then you will automatically get sent that weekly well-being checklist that I was talking about. So that's worthwhile doing. Um, And you can also find out more about how to um, have coaching with me on there. And also I share every Tuesday, I share a little bit of a productivity tip or a self-care tip, anything that I feel can boost people's kind of mindset and self-care levels. Yeah. Awesome. That's so great. Well, I'll definitely put all that information in the show notes (laughs) so people can find you because I'm definitely going to sign up for some of those things. I feel like it would be really helpful to get those. And then the last question I always ask people, so the podcast is called The Local Table. So Mm -hmm. I always like 
to ask my guests um, wherever they live to share a local spot that you love, whether it's <laughs> a restaurant, coffee shop, place to visit. Um, so remind people again where you're at and then if you have a favorite yeah. local place. Well, I live in East Sussex, which is in the south of England, and I live in a tiny little village. But I have to say, particularly during lockdown, it's been a bit of a savior. So we don't have like a local pub or anything in our village, but we have a bistro at the train station. And it's a really old-fashioned train station with a really cool bistro. And they have um, the best pizzas. So they have like a um, pizza oven in the garden. And they've been keeping the whole village going during lockdown with takeaway pizza. So they're that my favorite. It's actually called the bistro at the station. Okay, cool. I'll have to look it up. That sounds so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Rachel. I really appreciate you being on here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, or maybe you gained a new perspective, or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.